Welcome to IP Frequently. IP Frequently is brought to you by Dominion Harbor Enterprises and is sponsored by IPedia. IPedia, innovation clarity that provides real, actionable patent intelligence. Join our hosts, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, advancing the issues of intellectual property. Hey, welcome to another edition of IP Frequently. David and I are very pleased to be at Nick and Sam's here in Park City's Texas. Very pleased that Nick and Sam's would have us aboard and sponsor the podcast this morning. They've taken excellent care of us. We've got a little bit of uh, breakfast pizza here. And given that it is St. Patrick's Day, we are having a, uh, having a cocktail, a gentleman. Correct. And uh, we thought, as we were looking uh, kind of through some of the recent activity in the IP space, you know, it's interesting to see Snaps, IPO, very successful there. Not sure the investors are getting what they paid for. But one of the things that, that helped move SNAP towards that successful IPO was an acquisition they made from IBM of patents in an effort to give the impression that they had a, a, an IP portfolio suitable for their business model prior to going to IPO. And obviously, we don't know how the IPO would have gone had they not had those patents, but it certainly went well with them. And that got uh, David and I thinking about you know, just how that process works and why it seems to be that, that only the big companies, companies of an IBM size, are able to take advantage of these opportunities to offload at, at a, a fair revenue clip a subset of their portfolio to some of these uh, small and medium enterprises, I guess not pretty good size, but it, it's moving towards IPO and needs patents. And why is it that only companies the size of an IBM, or typically companies the size of an IBM are able to take advantage of that, when the vast majority of IP is actually not in the hands of entities quite of that magnitude. And so, uh, you know, David, we were just, like I said, just discussing that and, and what some other opportunities there might be out there for others to take advantage of the need to have IP before you IPO. I mean, I think just the fact that these these very successful IPOs see the need for IP is, is interesting. Well, yeah, I think, I think um, all of that is... Is is um, is is right. Some of it more right than other parts of it, but I won't go into that. What I what I do think is there the, the whole concept of um, you know there's nothing brand new anymore, right? Technology companies are always building their products on the backs of other folks who've come before them, and so. When you're looking at these large companies with large patent portfolios, whether they be operating companies or patent aggregators, they have a lot to offer the next generation and the next generation and the next generation of startups, mid-sized companies, and then companies who are approaching IPO. Um, so I, I think I think with that as the backdrop, uh, it, it's important to know right on both sides of the transaction. One what you can do with your portfolio of your, of your large company um, that's unconventional, right? And we've got the IP bank that we've right. developed where right. you can take IP, IP to markets in different ways. Because if, if anyone knows anything about any market, it is going to change, right? If you are building your business to deal with the market of five years ago or the market of today, you are building a, a business that is going to fail. You need to build your business for the market of five, ten, 15 years from now. And the way IP is transacted is changing and it's going to drastically change in the next 10 years. Being able to package IP, 
to target IP to companies that need it um, and to then transact that IP is critical. And the whole approach that some of these companies have used in the past, like even IBM, right? I mean, they've, they've put patents into Snap, they put patents into Facebook, Google, Twitter, to name a few. Um, you know, the, the, the approach that they've used and the IP they've transacted are antiquated, right? Those, the, 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 they, they, what, what needs to happen, I think, with some of these large portfolios is you need to look at the market that you know, folks are, are, are coming uh, into and think, okay, how can I benefit those companies, not from a you know, litigation avoidance perspective, but from a market growth perspective? Sure, I think not, not only market growth, um, but also looking at building this, these bridges that are required. Is this, is, this a, is this a white burgundy that you've ordered? I believe it is. Well, it, actually, Nick and Sam's was kind enough to just bring it to us. Yeah. But it certainly tastes. It's part of the whole sponsorship of IP. Correct. Frequently. It certainly tastes like a white burgundy. And I'll, and I'll tell you another thing. The steaks at Nick yeah. and Sam's are hearty. Second to none. And hearty. Second to none. Correct. Yeah. Excellent pieces. I mean, we, have some, we have some crab cakes here, um, which, I mean, nothing says St. Patrick's Day like a crab cake. Correct. We'd all agree. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the, uh, we are enjoying ourselves, and we're enjoying the conversation as well, and, and I think that the, uh, the difficulty in putting this market together is understanding the bridges that have to be built between those who have a need for IP, maybe understand they have a need for IP, but certainly don't understand exactly what IP they should be looking for, and have next to no capability to, to evaluate the overall quality of it. And then those that have IP that they are either already making available or have the opportunity to make available uh, to someone who's looking to, to build their portfolio, either pre-IPO or just as a way to, to drive some additional capital as they go out into an investment round. And the only ones that seem to be doing that are, are the larger entities, the larger portfolio holders, which makes some sense. They, they, have, they perhaps have a better understanding of their IP. They certainly have more people to put on the project. But I think that's one area where... You know, some of these aggregators and other so-called IP market makers need to be looking, and, and I know that we are, as to how to build bridges between those that, that have a need for IP and those that have the IP that could, that could meet that need because uh, you know, a small company or a company that is knocking on the door of an exit is, um, you know, doesn't have time to go out and get their own IP. I mean, obviously, one would hope they were developing their own portfolios internally, but they certainly... Um, you know, don't have the time to, to realize, hey, we're coming up on an IPO. Let's file a patent application. I'm going to get a patent out of that. You know what's interesting about St. Patrick's Day? Our, our, our producer just sent me the Wikipedia listing for St. Patrick's Day. I'm not going to click on it or open it. Hmm. And I'll also say he's happy because this is the first time he's actually been in a steakhouse that doesn't have a salad or a fixings bar. So he's, he's excited about that. Um, First time he's ever seen a bar at all that has a sneeze guard on it. It's correct. Yeah. It's correct. Um, but what, what, what's most interesting is that if you're Catholic, if uh -huh. you're Catholic during Lent, you can't eat meat, right, on, on Fridays, right? I presume. Stay. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. But on St. Patrick's Day, you get a dispensation. For corned beef? For corned beef or for any type of meat. So you're not going to do... A, uh, a, um, any sort of a wrap, let's say. You're not going to get, you're not going to do, you know, 1,500 years on a corned beef wrap. 
Yeah, whatever. Purgatory. Purgatory. Would be, yeah, yeah. Is, would be what I'm whatever it is. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it, it's a big hit to the tuna, the canned tuna market. Sure. But you can eat. So that just that for, if any of our yeah, listeners, is tuna, does tuna count as a fish or a red meat? Because if you look at it, it's more red than it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that may be something else we have to ask our. Um, There's probably an archbishop around here somewhere. That Vatican could, City. Yeah. yeah but, I, but, that. but I think the point I'm trying to make, mm-hmm. and it's an important one, is you know, sort of think before you eat on on say. Patrick's Day, um, and during Lent, and to our folks out there who are listening to this live stream, um, you, you, you can go ahead and have that steak today or that hot dog, you know, if you as want. As long to. as it's corned, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, that's the dispensation only extends out to the corned meat family. Yeah, I think as long as you're wearing green, it's fine. Oh, all so right. So it doesn't matter. It can be a, it can be a full-blown okay. ribeye. Or if the meat itself is green. But anyway, I digress. But back back to the back to the uh, topic at hand. So I think um, several several things to using the, the the phraseology of our of our producer to unpack. Which you know, I, I literally the next person that tells me they're going to unpack something, yeah. I'm going to punch them in the neck. Okay, well, because that's yeah. annoying. Yeah. That's annoying. Okay, you're not unpacking anything. You're talking. You're right. you're just talking. Yeah, you haven't even you haven't packed. You haven't packed. You're gonna unpack. unpack. Yeah, that's it. You know, all the all the, the people. Let me unpack this for you. And then they can yeah. buy it. Yeah. Nonsense. You right? can turn off whatever you're listening to, phone call, whatever you may be on. Shut the hell up. Says I'm gonna and, unpack. And you can just shut, shut the hell up. Yeah, shut, shut the hell up. up. There's nothing to unpack. I'm in agreement with that. But what I would um, what I would say about the 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 IP uh, question is is this. There there is a value. In, in taking open patent families mm-hmm. to market, uh, matching those to companies that actually are, are, are moving towards IPO and then transacting on that portfolio, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then implementing that into the business, right? right. De- 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 folding that into the business right. so that companies who are innovating can find value in unmined portions of specifications that mm-hmm. are open in these mm-hmm. in these in these patent families, I think that's incredibly valuable. Yep. That's not what IBM's doing, right? IBM oh, no. is is entering into these these agreements where, you know, there's this mentality that when you file your S one, you have to check a box, right, right. that you have IP, your right. patents, right. and so that's it. You have a hundred well, patents, and, and you can tell by the by the quality of the IP that I that IBM is railroading into these companies. Well, right? how would it's you know? How would you know? Have you looked at that IP? Well, we have actually. You and I have had the opportunity to do that, and we, you know, through the process of the automation of innovation, I think folks have probably heard us mention before through our, our own proprietary technical platform, IPedia has uh, helped us to evaluate those assets. And you know, like any portfolio of that size, there's good ones, there's bad ones, but by and large, I mean, you're not talking about exceptional quality IP. And to your point, you're certainly not talking about IP that Snap's going to be able to use. To continue to drive its portfolio forward, particularly in the areas which it is nominally uh, innovating. And you know, one other point I would make for those of you that may be concerned is that apparently St. Patrick did a reasonable job here at Nick and Sam's. I haven't seen these snakes here either. Correct. And there's none in Ireland and none here. So I don't know if he takes personal credit for that or if it's just sort of an overflow. It's interesting. There's also no, no stevia on the table. Do you notice that? I, you know what? I, I hadn't until you said that. Yeah. Um, but what is that stuff? I don't know. Okay, me. I've heard about it before yeah. several times. Um, I, yeah, and I think I think there is a, a company like Snap with thirty-five to forty homegrown patents. Um, there is a need to put IP in that company 
before it goes public. Absolutely. IP is the bedrock upon which you build your business, especially in the, um, in the tech space. So I think um, there's a need. There is certainly a supply of patents in IBM, but also in other companies. We talked about RPX. RPX has probably one of the most robust patent portfolios in existence. Mm -hmm. Very diverse, um, uh, many, many different technology areas, many, many different markets. And, and, and the problem is everyone in this business, everyone in the patent business is so obtuse when it comes to evaluating what a patent portfolio means. They look at that portfolio, they scratch their heads and they say, oh shit, it's encumbered. And Microsoft is a member of IBM and so is Google and Apple. Therefore, there's no way you can do anything with those portfolios. Exactly the opposite is true, right? The people that are saying that are putting on their 2005 glasses in viewing those that asset class. When the reality is there is a ton of uh, different uh, ways you can use that IP, mine that IP, and invest that IP into the startup community. There, 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 there are dozens of ways you can build relationships with that IP. There are dozens of ways you can invest it and get equity back or cash back. And then that cash can go back into the business acquiring more IP. Because there's one thing we know uh, of from the history of this country and the protection of patents. Even when it ebbs and flows, patents are always going to be valuable. Patents are always going to be an asset class. Patents are always going to be something you can build a business on. And when you have startups, startup companies coming into a market that obviously, by definition, is not going to be a completely new market. It's going to be built on some other market. Uh, there, there is a need to take these mature patents into the business to help the business enter that market and grow. No, I don't disagree with that. Now, with the 2005 glasses, are those would you those would be horn rimmed? Or? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know what? We were talking about the other day about when I was on the Fifth Ward Democrats playing Little League ball. Correct. And I was in the outfield, and I had those. You remember the big glasses? Oh, yeah. That they used to have. They used yes, to I do. Yeah. I bought a pair of them. Uh, they were like three bucks at the time, and I wore them in the outfield. And I was then benched. Me and my um, buddy were benched for the rest of that game. We were losing twenty to nothing. But I guess the sight of us openly mocking the coach. No sense of humor, that guy. No. It, it, and actually, he's dead now. Because of the glasses? or No, that, that no he lives in fireman. Did that kill him? No. No, oh, no. no he, 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 actually, he, he, he died in a beach in Miami. He was like 80. Oh, so, I mean, the glasses didn't put he, him in an he, early grave. So. Part of the, um, the, the benefit of being a, a firefighter in Rhode Island yeah. is that you um, can retire at like 20. So before you even start, you retire. You with can the retire. Well, yeah. That's nice. So, so you think retire. you wouldn't be grumpy about glasses then? You got a deal like that. He may not have been at that game at all because he was retired. Uh, see, now that you put it that way, that would explain your benching. Correct. I, I was not a very good hitter. You know, I flinched a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I do miss horn rim glasses. I also miss the far side, which was a great place to see sketches of horn rim glasses. And both those things combined were an entertaining part of my life for a long time. And now I miss them. And I thought I'd just throw that in there. So. You know, as, as the uh, live feed of questions come in for today's sponsored um, well, podcast at this point, but live stream for those that are listening, uh, we are getting some questions coming in. Looks like the first question here, my friend, or at least a question, let me leaf through this list here a bit, see if we can find one that makes sense. So the question is... Uh, this has obviously been written by someone who's already out partying with yeah, Patrick, someone, someone is, like. uh, yeah, someone is, is enjoying their St. Patrick's Day for sure. So, but the question appears to be, so is IBM a good actor or a bad actor 
and how they approach these soon-to-be IPO companies. And, and this question is, is coming in from Dan in Austin. Dan in Austin. Dan in Austin, looks like it, yeah. yeah. Strikes me as the kind of question that someone that might be in uh, you know, finances somehow, maybe private equity, something of that nature, would ask a question like this. That could distinguish Good actoring and bad actoring. Correct. Yeah, okay. Do you want to feel so, that Well, one? sure. I, I, look, it depends on whose side you're Maybe on, Maybe you can right? put down the goblet of rosé for a minute and answer the question. came right out of a box, and it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. No, the, word, the word bougie comes to mind. Well, a little bit. But, uh, hey, I didn't, like I said, it's being provided to us. I'm not, not going to look a gift horse in the box. Correct. Ever. Correct. It's a good, it's a good box one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, whether or not IBM is a good actor or a bad actor depends on which company you're investing in. If you're investing in IBM, they're a great actor, right? They're making money on assets that otherwise would just sit around and cost them money in the form of maintenance fees. And to the extent that they can sell those into a company who is desperate to grab any patents, particularly patents that might have a brand name on them like IBM, hey, more power to them. Um, if you're an investor in Snap, though, you got to be asking yourself, why exactly did they pay what they paid for these assets? Did anybody take a look at that? Did anybody evaluate them? If so, what was, what was the platform upon which they were evaluated? How are those assets actually going to contribute to Snap's continued growth beyond just being a platform by which they were able to get their IPO across and, and be able to say, hey, we've got some IP? So if, if those questions cannot be answered well and positively from the perspective of SNAP, then IBM's a bad actor uh, from a, a SNAP investor, although the more the blame for that would lie at SNAP's feet than IBM's. Can't blame the seller if somebody's willing to buy. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Well, look, I think, I think more looking at it from the IBM perspective, I, I think IBM as well is obviously a behemoth. They get more patents by and large than anyone else in the U.S., but um, doesn't the model, isn't this model of doing these one-off deals and giving large um, you know, portfolio, I mean, they obviously gave a portfolio license or some license to Snapchat as part of this purchase and selling off these assets that aren't great and getting a nine million bucks. Wouldn't it be better to do something more strategic and get Snap assets that actually complement its business as opposed to just give it bulk? Because the whole, you know, the whole notion IBM operates under is that bulk is how you license and you put the number of patents on a scale and that's how you do a cross license and you know you just go knock on someone's door and say, well, we have forty thousand assets and we'll you know one of them or ten of them or fifty of them are going to read right on you and, and you know you should just pay us. Isn't it more strategic to do a deal with a Snap? where you get a little slice of equity, you give um, assets to Snap that are more strategic to its business, and you, you end up making more, right? You make more at the end of the day. You prove the model, you make more. This is what RPX should be doing, right? RPX should be in competition with IBM for these type of deals. Oh, yeah, no, agreed. And, and I, I definitely think that from a snap perspective, it makes much more sense to look at that because, you know, IBM's game is, is, and again, hats off to them. They're making money doing it. But IBM's game, as you point out, but they're not just, making that much. I mean, nine million bucks. No, but I mean, they're, what they're saying is there's so much here that you can't really evaluate it. You know, whether or not you're they're they're telling you you need to take the cross license or saying, hey, something in here reads on what you're doing. It would be incredibly expensive for you to figure it out. You might as well just take the license. Yeah. You know, they're doing the same thing with Snap. They're saying, hey, you don't have the wherewithal to figure out whether or not these patents are valid. Take our word for it, and whether or not they would be getting equity, which I do think would have been a better play, or <clears throat> they're taking the nine million in cash. 
the fact of the matter remains that where does SNAP go? Who do they ask? Are these patents, A, what we want in terms of technology? B, are they going to improve our overall position in terms of, of our in-house technology and where we're trying to be innovative? And C, are they worth the money that we're spending on? Where are they going to go for that? And so they basically have to take IBM's word. Maybe there's some investment group who purports to understand the value of, of IP. But I was on the phone with a, with a guy earlier this week. He's got a patent. It seems to be interesting. Is a patent, a being used in the singular, and some, he paid some outfit to value that patent. You know what they valued it at, my friend? How many guesses do I get? Uh, I'll give you three. $1,000. Uh, go up. $5,000. Go further up. $15,000. That's close. It was a billion. Dollars? Correct. Okay. And, 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 you know, this guy's a, he's a straightforward guy. He's, he's got a, a commercial business. He's making money selling the product on which he has the patent. And pretty much guarantee it's not worth a billion dollars. Okay, U.S.? So U.S.? No. U.S., yeah. Current U.S. dollars. Not on the gold standard. Correct. Correct. And, you know, so that, that, that just the, the basic ability to value IP is not out there for companies like Snap when they need it. And, and again, you know, that's something that, that we are striving to provide. And I think we're in a, in a unique position to be able to build these bridges that are necessary. And our, and our monkey boy producer just made a good point um, in, in, in that this, this is going to sort of open the doors for the, the SNAP IPO for more and more um, companies to go out, right? Mm -hmm. And as more and more tech companies go out, obviously what they're going to be looking for is what investors should be looking for is good quality IP that underpins the business model. Right. Plain and simple. But and how do you find it? How do you find it? Well, I can tell you one place you can find it, in the harbor, my friend. You can go into the harbor, and you can go to the, um, the light at the center of the harbor that is Ipedia. And, and Ipedia, I should say for the record, just because we, we were contractually obligated to, um, first of all, there's great guys that run that shop. Second of all, um, Ipedia is the automation of innovation. Correct. And that's... The, Second, that's second. but I, I would say you go to you go to you come to us, um, and or, or look. And this is not a business model that's unique to us. We have a unique way of pairing assets with um, with with uh, emerging growth companies. We have a great way of um, evaluating assets, but it's the the model itself, right? Is one that others, you know, I've seen others try to replicate. But it, it, it's one that works. And the, the, the key is getting IP that is valuable, that is on the shelf, off the shelf, and into the game. And there are far more places where that IP is sitting on shelves than just at large companies like IBM. And I think that's what's being missed. And your point about wanting to have open families, which for those of you that, that are scoring at home, simply means that there are still applications pending before the office that would allow you to continue to file claims as long as the as long as the disclosure would support them uh, in the direction that you want to take them and that's that's so taking broadening the view of where that IP may be available and then including the concept of okay how can I take these this claiming vehicle in a new direction are both being missed uh, when trying to develop this market and and it's clear that there that snap is just sort of leading the way in other tech IPOs that are likely to roll out this year and are probably going to fall, find themselves in the same situation and fall into the same trap as the SNAP where they look to the IBMs of the world and say, what have you got for us? We're cash rich. We're IP knowledge poor. Help us out. 
Did you uh, just say trap to the snap? I might have. Yeah. 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 We should drink to that. Let's drink to that. Cheers, my friend. So being that it's St. Patrick's Day, what if we, you and I, mm. um, go down our own, because I'm sure you have this, our own list of our favorite Irish inventors. Favorite Irish inventors. Favorite Irish inventors. Yeah, you yeah. want to start? Or, why, don't sure. I start? why don't I start? All right. Um, and, I, and again, I have not prepared for this. I want to say this just at the outset, so don't hold me to some of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I uh, you know, this, this, is, this is not our day job, although we certainly talk about things um, that are our day job. But why don't I say that Aeneas Coffee would probably be um, one of the top uh, inventors. He, he came up with an apparatus for whiskey distilling. So why don't you go ahead after after that and you come up with your favorite? So you're I mean, if you don't have, if you don't have any, no, no, you don't so have you're any. going in the direction of of whiskey. I'll, I'll I'll see your whiskey and I'll raise you. How about Arthur Guinness? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, of Guinness Brewery fame. Yeah. And uh, you know he had a he had a particular. Not only did he obviously invent the Guinness beer, but a particular way the, of, uh, of brewing brewery before it's fabulous. So, okay, why don't we go outside of liquor then? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I mean, as you know, the 40s were a tumultuous time in the British Isles. 18 or 19? Yeah. And um, Sir James Martin's invention of the ejector seat in 1945 probably stands out more than anything in the 40s. There was no other technology in the 40s. What would you need to eject from if you're simply harvesting potatoes? Uh, that's another question. That's different. That's not what we're talking so is about. So, is there like a critical incident when farming a potato that would require you to eject? Do they explode? I don't know anything about it. I'm not, I'm not liking where you're going with this. I don't appreciate it. And it's St. Patrick's Day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let you go ahead with your next one. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we wouldn't even know Ireland was there were it not for transatlantic calls. Mm-hmm. And well, you, can, I just, can I just say something that's really interesting about that? Um, when Lord Kelvin Thompson invented transatlantic calls, um, and, and this is interesting. It's really, it's really long way from cable. It's a long way. It's a long way from Skype. Can we agree? Oh yeah, no, it's long a long way from Skype because Skype doesn't work. Um, the Atlantic, the transatlantic cable actually does. So. You know, you know what people don't know though is that it, it was an Irishman who cured leprosy. Fitting. Vincent Barry. Yeah. No. Did you know him? I, I did. Well, I. I, I did not. Some of the people in the IP Hall of Fame did. The vampires. The vampires. But that's did. a different. That's a yeah. Different that podcast. compound B is in Bravo six sixty three. I mean, let me tell you what. That yeah. one. I mean, lepers all over the world. Fifteen million people, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's certainly in that order of magnitude. Do you remember the Mad Mechanic, Harry Ferguson? I do. Early twenties, right? He invented the modern tractor. Yeah. He's another guy, spot on Irish. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like, um, you know, and you, you look at the tractor and then you say, okay, how do you take this type of technology to the sea? And they also developed, um, uh, they also developed the, um, you know, John Philip Holland developed the submarine. He invented it. Yep. And, uh, you, you know, that was the first of its kind, is what was my recollection. It had sure. some kind of an odd name. Do you remember? Fenian something? Yeah. I think I think Fenian Ram or oh that's it it was the Fenian Ram yeah 1881 if I remember correctly give or take give or take yeah and then also you know you got the tank the guided missile we already talked about the ejector seat so a lot of important inventions came off of the um, the Emerald Isle yep indeed the uh, I I love the Emerald Isle I love the Irish a little bit of Irish 
in my background, as yeah. a matter of fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, fighting Irish. Fight, you got the Fighting Irish, yeah. Notre Dame. I believe they may have won their game yesterday, yes? They may have. Yeah. Okay, or Monkey Boy is nodding. Monkey Boy is so. nodding in the affirmative. So well, I think, I, look, I think we covered a lot of important things here. Um, I, I think, um, you know, I think, I think, I don't, I don't know much more we can do on this podcast. No, I will no, say, I will say to all the haters online, who and we have a lot of people that love our podcast and are commenting, and I have mm-hmm. people come up to me on the street and stop me and say, hey, Mr. Del Giorno, great job. But, um, which is I, ironic, but we'll many skip ways, over that. Many yeah. ways. But I digress. Um, it, 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 the people that are, the, the online folks that have, um, taken to this and we've seen uh, very recently t-shirts being designed yeah. um, by a couple of jackholes but you know t-shirts were being designed t-shirts nonetheless um, but the folks that are our supporters and all the mail we get thank you for that I think in terms of the haters um, th- there's a place you can go but you can just kiss my ass on the way to that place? No. Or is that place in the lieu place of, where you in lieu of. I, oh okay so, so there's nothing there's nothing more Disappointing. Actually, that's not true. Yeah. Um, nothing more. There's nothing more irrelevant than a moron commenting online in a negative way about a podcast that he doesn't understand. Well, you. Uh, so, what do you know about that guy? Right off the bat, you know he's got nothing going yeah. on, right? Anyone who would do that has nothing going on. And two, they don't. They don't get it, which is yeah. fine, I guess. Not everybody. Well, they don't get it. I mean, you have to actually listen to it and comprehend it. And, right. You know, some of these people who have these negative comments, you almost have to wrap the duct tape around their head so it doesn't explode when they learn this new information, right? Yeah. They learn how to actually use IP, like um, some of our Irish, you know, brethren, like for example, you know, as I said, John Philip Holland, Correct. the inventor of the submarine. Fitting that his last name would be Holland, since if there's one place you're going to need a submarine, the Holland Tunnel be well be well. The Holland Tunnel would be mm-hmm. a good example, or just the country of Holland. Yeah, that's so most of it's underwater, yeah. or at least below sea level. Hopefully not underwater, actually. Correct. Correct. Remember right. that Sylvester Stallone movie about the, the Holland Tunnel? Was it the Lincoln Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel? Man, I don't it was like that. Die Hard in a Tunnel. Remember there was a period of time where you had Die Hard, then you had Die Hard in a boat, yeah. Die Hard in a train, yeah, 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 Die yeah, Hard yeah. in a plane, Die Hard right. in a tunnel, Die Hard in a mountain. Right. What was that about? The tunnel, I think. Yeah. It's hard to get a starring role if you're a tunnel. It is. Really. I mean, you're sort of, you're in a very niche area yeah. for filmmaking. The one, the one thing I did want to announce before we get to the end of this is that the, uh, my, my new children's book mm. um, about innovation will be coming out this fall and we'll have it in time for the holiday season. So to the extent uh, anyone out there... Um, the working title is Daddy, Where's My Patent? Yeah, that's, that's a different book. I like. Um, but uh, to the extent anyone wants to get in line, feel free to direct message us or, or, or touch base with us, and we'll get you a signed copy uh, in time for the holiday season. It's a pop-up book. You'll enjoy it. Uh, I don't know about that, but it's, it's an illustrated book for children teaching the value of technology. I don't know if they're going to be pop-ups. No, but it has to be pop Who's going to make a yeah. well, children's book that we doesn't can, have We can talk about that book. offline and who's going to pay for that functionality. The Automation of Innovation, my friend. Yeah. We're our see. sponsor, IPedia. Well, again, we want to thank the folks here at Nick and Sam's in Park Cities. We want to thank the folks at uh, Kettle One Vodka for sponsoring this. And um, we want to thank all of you, our listeners. Indeed, we do. Hope you guys have an excellent St. Patrick's Day, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>